how we are reformed uh, by God. And uh, most of us are asking God to reform us, to change us, to shape us again. Life, problems, circumstances, trials, and tribulations, they all have an effect, do they not? They start to push us and mush us in all kinds of ways. Anybody ever been there? Stresses, worries, loss, pains, sufferings, good things, bad things, mountaintops and valleys. They all seem to just push us around. And if you're not careful, we end up becoming something we really don't think God intended for, for us to be. And, and, and that's not, we can feel it on our inside. Like this, this can't be right. It's not maximizing. It's not moving forward. It's not reflecting Christ. And if you're honest, you can see probably about a million ways that it's not happening. Uh, but the Father, he, he has blessings for us. Amen. He really does. Brother Lot, there you, okay, it's on oscillate. Put that fan on. Okay, you got it. I even see you back there, Stefan. You back there working? All right, amen. Because y'all look hot. You're going to have to forgive me. Number one, I don't feel well. And number two, I am used to heat. You're going to Michigan a couple times. There's no air conditioning. You'll be preaching in the middle of the, a hot, stormy day. <laughs> you know, you know, a hot, stormy day? It is raining and it's 90 degrees. It's stickier than this. It is. It really is. But throughout this year, and last week we looked at reformation through illness. It's a tough and a tight message. <laughs> on, the, on the onset of this message, everybody was like, mm, we don't like it already. Because nobody wants to talk about how we have to be reformed through some of the things that cause us pain and discomfort. And the necessity of these things. We like to think that if you just tell me what to do, Jesus, I will do it. How has that been working for you? If you just tell me what not to do, I won't do it. How has that been working? And so somehow in God's wisdom and sovereignty, we recognize that he uses even illness. And not for illness sake, but for the healing sake. And when it comes to being reformed by illness, you cannot talk about illness in the kingdom of God without also talking about healing. And so the idea here is that we opened up the session on last week looking at God's reformation through healing with the amount of deaths that we have suffered as a congregation. Sister uh, uh, Sierra just came back from her father's funeral this weekend, and we thank God for that. Sister Kajir is, is laying her father to rest this week. Um, countless others. Sister Lonita lost her godmother last week. Um, uh, who else? Sister, brother, Sister Harmony's father, Mother Allie, uh, my mother. And over the past two years, we have just been hit nonstop. And the sad truth and glorious truth in some regards is that most of these deaths happen by way of illness. Um, and that is shocking to us all because when we look at scripture, Jesus healed a lot of folk. He healed a lot. And as we talked about last week, these folk did not come back later. You know, because, hear me out, if you can walk now, it does not mean you don't get a cold. If you walk, it don't mean you don't get the flu. If you can see now, it don't mean that you're not going to get cancer. You know, it's, and, But we don't see these people returning back to the prayer line. And last week, we had to evaluate what took place in them based off of this physical healing that caused them not to keep coming back and forth to the prayer line. Because in my experiences as a pastor, folk would come back and forth to this prayer line all the time. I mean, it, it, I have cancer. 
Be healed. All right, I'm healed. I, I broke my toe. <laughs> be healed? I mean, <laughs> does the toe naturally heals in of itself. Oh, no, but you can't wait that long. I need a miraculous healing of this toe. That's, I got the flu. Pray for me. Pray for what? That I might be healed. The flu, for most, all intents purposes, will go away. It will pass. Mm -mm, not, not for me. No, 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 no. I need an extra blessing because I got to go to work tomorrow, and I need him to speed this up. We don't see these same people that miraculously were healed by Christ come back to him for healing. And, it, and then we saw so many of our loved ones pass by way of sickness on to cross over to glory in the Father. And uh, we shared on last week uh, uh, my sentiments regarding my mother when she passed two and a half years ago. Um, that my biggest complaint about the father, I wasn't angry at him. I understood his system by then. I knew that he's a God of life and death. I knew from the passing of my grandmother that when he says something is done, something is done. And you're going to have to just accept that about him. We don't want to take that. We'd be like, no, you could do everything. Yeah, but sometimes he's not. And you're going to have to let him be God regardless. And if you can't so accept somebody in the fullness of who they are, you never really accepted them. Right? And you don't want to get in the habit of only accepting God based off of what he does that you agree with. Because he's God and God alone. And he has the right and will do some things you do not agree with. Hello, somebody. And the fact that you reject him because he did some things that you do not agree with indicates that your love and affection was not as genuine as you like to believe that it was. But that's a good lesson to learn. Okay, I thought I loved you. I, uh, apparently, I... Apparently, my love is a little selfish. Okay, I need to work on that. need to work on that. All right. And so with the passing of Mother Hudson, my mom, I went to the father, and I was angry. And I just said, God, I just, I'm not mad at you. I know this is what you do, but I just don't like the whole system of death. And as the years have progressed, I've buried more aunts and uncles in these past two years that I could ever have thought. With my cousin in the hospital this morning, I said, God, now you know it's just a few of us left. <laughs> All right? Keep them. Keep us all. And I began to look at God back then when mommy passed in 2020. And I said, Lord, I just don't like the system. The whole thing is shot out. Why we got to fall in love? All right. These people is ours. That's my mommy. All right. That's my daddy's wife. These people belong to us. Okay. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe they don't belong to us. But you created this love thing to such an extent that they feel like they are ours. And then you take them from us. I know where she at. She with you. And worship songs and songs of prayer were hard for me to sing those two years because all I could think about is every time I went before you in worship, she was there with you. And I know she has no crying or sorrow, but she better not like it that much. I'll tell you that right now. You better not be up there just happy. You better be looking at me going, oh. Us, right? And so I said, I don't like the system at all. This idea of, Loving and dying and losing and pain. And I mean, can, can we just do something about this? And the Holy Spirit, like we talked about on last week, said very plainly to me, I am. I don't like it either, and I'm working on it. And that just blessed my heart because I said, you, you, you did die to work on this. You have been working on this for thousands upon thousands of years to undo the very thing that you didn't like that I don't like. And you also don't like it like I don't like it. You don't like the fact that I'm suffering in separation from my mother like you didn't like that we were suffering in separation from us. I get it now. I get it. But it doesn't stop the back of my mind for thinking, well, can't you just snap your fingers and this all will be. 
I mean, <laughs> if you don't like it either, then why we got to go through all of this? It's running in the back of my mind. We can just, you know, enjoy it. Never, never, nevertheless, I, I see y'all second row. <laughs> we can just, we can just get rid of this all together, right? Uh, that's not what happened. All right. As you can tell, the system is still running. People are still suffering loss. People are still getting sick. And uh, nothing in the world has not stopped because I lost my mother or any of us have lost our wives or spouses or fathers. So today, I want us to look at how we were formed. <laughs> Y'all already excited because I told you you was going to love this one. Last week was hard. This one, this one, this one you're going to love. And I done checked the list. It ain't many like this one. Today we're going to learn how we are reformed through blessings. <laughs> Preach on that pastor. Tell us. Tell us. You always talk about it's blessings, blessings, blessings. Okay, now you about to preach on blessings. This is about to be good. You know, I have an aversion to preaching on blessings because I think we are blessing addicts, especially Americans. All right. We have put the consumerism into the gospel and we cannot shake it. Everything about the gospel is give me more, give me better, give me bigger. As a matter of fact, five of the top 10 songs on the gospel track is about how God is going to enlarge you, bless you, make you bigger and give you the best. It's definitely affluent in the African-American community. Why? Because of the 400 years plus of, of slavery and, 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 desegre and segregation that we just feel like we is owed some blessings. We need blessings to get caught up <laughs> on everybody else. So no, preach God and blessings. We then had enough sorrow. And so now we've got a whole bunch of new generations of, of, of black African-American Christians that really ain't have to suffer the ages of segregation and civil rights. And while we have the movements of Black Lives Matter and police brutality, we're hard pressed to say that it's just African-Americans. It's us in greater scale, but it's not just us. Okay, back then it was just us that were slaves. So if de facto something has shifted and the majority of African-American Christians now in their 20s and 30s have not had to live anything like that. How do I know? Because I pass by them on the street and they don't even know they're supposed to go, sup? I'm at a wall, all white brother and sister function. You know, our, our white brothers and sisters, I'm at one of their functions. You see another African-American, anybody born after 1979 knows you're supposed to go, sup? Walking across the university, what's going on? All right, how you doing? They way across the other way. It's about 600 white people between you and them. I see you. I see you, what's up? And you supposed to say hello. Because in this hello, we say, I know what it's like to be the minority in the midst of the majority. And if you really is good about it, you go ahead and reach over to your other brown brothers and sisters. What's going on, Rico? All right now, okay. Then you look over there to your Asian brother. Hey, minority, what's up? Now all of a sudden, everybody like, look, it's us. We the speckles in the midst of the white milk, hey! <laughs> and I can tell that these new generations have not had to suffer, true, truly, because they, don't, they weren't even taught to wave. I'd be like, hey, they'd be like, what you looking at me for? What, what am I looking at you for? Some level of encouragement in these streets. 
this ain't right. <laughs> this has got away from us. <laughs> so after all the years of, of being held down, pushed down, and the struggle to fight up, to, to struggle up, even though we're not where we need to be, we're definitely not where we used to be, these next generations do not have to climb the same steepness. And that's just a fact. All right. And so without that climbing of the same steepness, the amount of uh, unity, fellowship, camaraderie, endurance, faithfulness, long suffering and faith has dramatically decreased. Back in the day, you couldn't find an African-American not holding on to Christ in the middle. I've seen him do some stuff. You better get there and pray. He does miracles and wonders. Now people are like, does he really? I haven't seen any. Why is that? What happened to blessings? So today I want us to look at the Reformation by what blessings. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. If we're going to understand blessings by the theological rule of first mention, we should go back to the book of Genesis where it first mentions the word blessing. You know, that's probably a good idea of what all of the biblical texts meant by blessings. Right? You go back to where it said the first blessing. When did God bless people? Because all of us want the blessings of God. We do. We don't know why we do. We just do. We just feel like intrinsically if the one who created me blessed me, stuff's going to be great. It's, it's going to be great. And so Christians and churches all around talk about and preach on the blessing of God. So let's see in Genesis what God intended when he first said blessings. Because that's important. All right. Genesis chapter one. When you're there, say amen. amen. All righty. On the days of creation, God said in verse 22. And God blessed them. All right. There it is right there. Saying, be fruitful and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning uh, the fifth day. So on the fifth day, he made it birds of the air creatures in the sea and he told these beings that were both in the air and the beings that lived in an environment of the sea to be fruitful and multiply now these two types of creatures the birds of the air cannot live where the fish of the sea live and the fish of the sea cannot live where the birds of the air are so in these in separating these two specific types of creatures were recognizing that God intends all to be blessed within the domain that he gave them. That there's specific areas of habitation that he assigns you to that you're supposed to be blessed and multiply, to be fruitful and multiply in. You can't tell the bird or the sea, go ahead and start multiplying them fish. The bird gonna see how. I cannot breathe underwater. It's, you can't tell the fish, get up there, flip on up. Stay up there and make some birds. The fish going to say, that can't be done, right? Can't be done. Beasts of the earth and humans will come up later, go down to us, somewhere around verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Now, between verses 22 and verses 27, he creates livestock, animals, and all the creatures that dwell on the earth, okay? He told them, y'all be here. Now, what I find interesting is that he did not bless these creatures. He didn't tell them, be fruitful and multiply. In fact, he told us to use them to fill the earth. Multiply, be fruitful, 
I bless you for that, right? Fill the earth and have dominion. Let's take a look at that verse. So after he created man in his own image, verse 28, and God blessed them, this is male and female, and said to them, what? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds in the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, the beings, the creatures, the cows, the horses, the pigs, the bugs, they're on our turf. J just so you know, okay? We all walk on, on this. We can't live in the ocean. No, we cannot. We can't live just floating around in the air. No, we cannot. We can visit these places, but we cannot inhabit these places. It just does not work. Hello? So he doesn't tell the animals that walk with us to be fruitful and multiply. He just tells us. You take care of that. You fill the earth. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and then he says, subdue it. All right? That means organize it. Put it under your control. And then take dominion. Have dominion over these things. So let's look at the order of blessings again. So we say, I want the Lord to bless me. I need the Lord to bless me. What does he think that we should be thinking about blessings? Does he think I need the Lord to bless me, so give me a car? Not necessarily. I need the Lord to bless me, so make me, uh, give, me, give me extra money? Not necessarily. When he thinks blessings, he thinks, here it is, fruitful and multiply. Number one. So let me understand this correctly. He said the plants got seeds, and those seeds produce fruit. So when he commands the plants to be fruitful and multiply, they can because they have within them the thing necessary to be fruitful and to multiply. Hello? Mm. The fish be fruitful and multiply. They have within themselves the things that are necessary to actually accomplish this thing. The blessing is that what he asks you to do matches the ability he gets. Y'all ain't going to help me preach today. What the blessing, often, the first blessing is what I'm asking you to do matches the thing that I already put in you. Now, you could call the blessing the fact that he asked you to do it, or you can call the blessing the fact that he gave it to you. Either way, two things had to happen in order for this to be a blessing. He, he needed you to do it, and he gave you the ability to do it. All right? Now, the creatures that are walking the earth... It is apparent that they might need assistance in their multiplication. And that's what shepherds do. That's what y'all don't want to help me today. Y'all not even trying to go down the path that I'm on, okay? Everybody know that Jesus is the great shepherd. I'm going to show you some scriptures on that. Okay, y'all was like, oh, okay, okay, I got it. The ones that walk on the earth with us, they are apparently in need of assistance of making sure that fruitful and multiplication is going to happen. I don't know, something about pairing and mating and, and keeping safe and watching over and herds and feeding and water that you can tell them to do it, but their ability to actually do it successfully and fruitfully is going to need the assistance of those that I've given dominion. It's as if he wants to show us something about shepherding. As if he wants us to understand something about how to shepherd. So the next uh, blessing of God entails that you fill the earth. 
Okay, a cup is not full unless it's full. I don't know how else to say that, but if you put the water in it halfway, Sister Gabrielle, that cup is not full. Sister Gabrielle is known to give me cups of half full water. I'm like, Gabby, can you give me a cup of water? She says, sure, it's like this much space at the top of the cup. And in my opinion, I'm like, I'm gonna have to come back and get more, but if you filled it up, I could come back less often to get more water. And she'd be like, I'm like, what's the point? Why do you have this space? Here, anybody say, fill it up to the top. Hold it up. I'm, no, oh, don't spill it. No, no, not Gabby. Mm-mm. Keep it low. No chance of it spilling. What? <laughs> it's five feet. Me to you. The second commandment is that this fruitful and multiplication that you're doing. If you have the tendency to think, oh, that's enough, then the rule of thumb is, is it full? Y'all don't want to. When, when do I stop? Is it full? When do I quit? Is it complete? When do I turn it down? Is it finished? Is it done? Is it over? Have you maximized the full use of the space? Notice this ain't got nothing to do with how much you failed. I, I failed. Am I done? Uh, is, the, is the cup full? I keep messing up. Am I finished? Is the cup full? I keep falling into sin. Am I disqualified? Is the cup full? I keep trying and it's not working. I don't know what's wrong with me, but is the cup full? Because if you know the rules of your blessing, you have to multiply and be fruitful until it is fulfilled. Y'all don't want to help me today. Full of feeling. You know, you know. Oh, y'all don't want to just sit on down, man. The second blessing is that you can do this fruitfulness thing and you can do this multiplication all the way until it is filled. You're like, that's a lot. Should I just stop? Keep going. But this, 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 this is Jesus. I mean, it's an abundance of blessings. Keep going. I mean, but look at how many cows we got. Keep going. And you're sitting there going, maybe if I expand the, the pen this way, and then I'm going to take them over here to get some more water here. And you start coming up with ways on how you could assist these creatures in fulfilling their idea of fruitful and multiplication until the whole earth is full of his glory. Huh. He says, now once you've filled it, and this, this thing is full, it's filling up. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have to subdue some things. See, he, he already knows he's wise. When you start adding more things to these environments, more people, more sheep, more cows, more children, more husbands, more wives, more friends, more family. When you start adding to this, someone is going to have to subdue it, to organize it, to make sure it don't destroy itself, right? Make sure sheep don't eat sheep and fight against sheep. Hello? Make sure the cattle don't fight. Make sure the lioness don't eat the lion, you know? Like, I'm done with you. Arr, no, don't bite him. Don't, don't kill him, because just leave him. Just leave him and, and, and just go on, go on, lioness. Go on. <laughs> so there has to be order and structure within all of this filling, and that just makes sense. Because if we multiply to the fullness and it's nothing but chaos, then who is gonna, then everything we work for is going to be. Uh, last week, we had a, uh, our workshop, number one, on, uh, on finances and budgeting. And a lot of people had some financial situations in this workshop that would entail that they needed to start over. And it was heart-wrenching for them to see the numbers because emotionally, you'd be like, 
but it's okay. And I just don't want to give up this credit card. And I just don't want to stop. And I, but, but I'm looking at the numbers. And you is in the negative by over $1,000. This is not going to work out well. Do you see future income coming in that is greater to compensate for $1,000 hole in deficit that you are doing in debt every month? Because if you don't see that, there is a shipwreck coming to you very soon. And you may be feeling okay right now. And you might be going out to eat right now. And your life might be on right now and your car might be driving right now but based off of these numbers all that is getting ready to stop and somebody has to be able to see it and tell you you need to subdue this we made it very plain in the workshop that your work your money works for you every dollar not assigned a job is a is a laborer that don't have a job did you tell that dollar to do something? I mean, I don't know. What, you know, it'll be fine. You need to know. You own a business and you got employees saying, well, I'm going to get paid regardless. What they tell you to do? Nothing. I'm going to sit here and that's your money. It works for you. You go to work, not for money. You don't go to work for money. I'm going to show you what you go to work for, but it ain't money. But what you are given is money that it might work for you. The purpose of the workshop was to figure out how to get your employees to do what you tell them they need to do. If y'all have missed the class now, you know. <laughs> and certain mindsets about how you manage your laborers have to be adjusted that you might hit levels of fruitfulness and multiplication, that your bank account might be filled. See, y'all don't want to, y'all don't want to. Somebody has to bring things under control. Dollars is out here doing willy-nilly. I, I ain't know I spent that much money on it. How you not know? Oh, so you got employees that don't even clock in. They don't even clock in. They just do whatever they want. Oh, you want a new shoe? Okay. No, no. You was not assigned to new shoes. You was assigned to the electric bill. I'm not going to reteach this. Y'all should have, we're going to have another one. Don't worry. Okay. Part two. Okay. But they have to bring things under control. And then number three, the third part of God's blessings is that they have to have dominion. Now this means that once you bring it under your control, you have a position of maintaining this, of establishing what goes where, when it goes where for your own benefit. You know, dominion means it's according to my will. Okay, subdue means this is what is functional. By the time we get to blessing number three, we are on some heavy blessings. Now I can do stuff based off of my preferences. That's a good place to be in, okay? Now I got the lambs, lambs and multiplied and increased. We're doing real good. You know, I got a taste for some lamb. Now if you was going to dominion that lamb, a couple of years sooner, you wouldn't have a very fruitful lamb flock. Hello? But if you waited after it was filled and then you subdued it, then you'll be get the blessings of dominion. And now you could be able to eat of the fruit of your labor and enjoy it. Because the next blessing after that, I don't know if you understand this, is rest. By the time you get to chapter two, 
Verse 3, it says, so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. See, you can't rest until you've established dominion. And you can't establish dominion until you subdued it. And you can't subdue it until you filled it. And you can't fill it until you multiplied it and was fruitful in it. But so many of y'all trying to take rest and you ain't really filled nothing. You ain't really multiplied nothing. You trying to take rest and you ain't really filled it you ain't multiplied it you trying to take rest and you ain't filled it you ain't multiplied it you trying to take rest and you ain't filled it and you ain't multiplied it you you ain't you ain't filled it and multiplied it you ain't subdued it i need you to subdue me Feel me? Subdue me. All right, now you can have dominion. But taking rest is a byproduct of having dominion. Now your money's working for you. Now you can go ahead and retire. Take rest. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. But you're trying to take rest. You're living paycheck to paycheck. What have you filled? What have you filled? I'm just saying, I need, I need a break. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. What you need to be doing is filling, multiplying, increasing. And eventually, the blessing of dominion will come. And after the blessing of dominion, you will find that you can take rest. So dominion is a place of authority. It says that out of all my labors of filling and multiplying and subduing, now the things that I have filled, multiplied, filled, and subdued respect my authority. So when I say do this, everything is doing what I said it needed to do. And now it is very easy for me to take rest. And somebody that's taking rest ain't worried. And somebody that's taking rest ain't got anxiety. And somebody that's taking rest ain't depressed. Somebody taking rest ain't oppressed. They're not, what? I've got dominion. I've already got everything set up the way it needs to go and it's just running thank you very much you worrying because you ain't really take dominion you worry because you ain't really subdued the things well how was it gonna work yeah you should worry because it's not time for you to rest get up and go to work hello somebody well I don't know how it's going I just I just don't yeah you worry because something is not in order you're anxious because something is out of order and what you going to do, numb yourself because you don't want to deal with it? Because you haven't still, after all these years of being on this earth, you still haven't learned what you're here to do. That's crazy, right? So it's, those are the four blessings of God. When we say that we might have the blessing of God, this is what he means, this is what they meant, and it's not what you thought. It's biblical. Now, <clears throat> In my life, I've had some problems with, you know, these past couple of years with mommy gone. And when I was on the golf course that time, I was saying, God, I don't like the system. And the first year, um, I was on the golf course just about every day. I couldn't do nothing else. You know, I took a sabbatical here for a couple of months. And, I mean, you take a pastor out of work, (laughs) what we going to (laughs) do? Ain't got no meetings. Ain't got no preaching, writing, nothing. And I said, either one or two things is going to happen in this time. I'm going to participate in behaviors that make my situation worse, 
or I'm going to participate in behaviors that could make my situation better. So I decided to go on the golf course, and I was out there in the summer because mommy passed in the summer, and it was hot as Hades. Every day I was out, that, that sun was beating me down. And Sister Jewel and I was laughing. They were like, it's hot as hell out here. And I said, what difference does it make? And it mattered not how hot it was. It didn't matter how many hills it was. I was pretty much out there just trying to kill myself physically, just so I could get some rest by the time I went home. And I would hit a ball and go whoosh, oh, off the wrong way. And I just like hit the ground. Wah! And I'd walk off Mama Jean and Jewel. And I'd, they'd just be like, oh, Lord, give her a second. I just give you just, I'm just. And I'm crying and I'm sweating and I'm tired day after day after day. And I said, Lord, why every day, every day, it was the same story. Why can't you let my ball go right? In golf, you get a good shot. And that's the one that you want to keep going. It ping. And then it pops, right? Look, 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 look what I have done. I have launched something 300 yards into the air and it found its target. A tiny little thing found its tiny little target in the midst of vastness. Look what I have done. And you do it right, you are addicted to it. And then every shot after that, it's never right. It's, it's, it's everything. It's in the trees, in the dirt, behind your back. You threw the club further than you threw the ball, and you just can't understand. <laughs> After days and days and months and months of playing, it became more aggravating that my shots wouldn't do right. And I put so much time into it. And I was like, at this point, Jesus, you know I'm already going through stuff. You know I'm already unhappy. The least you could do is give me some slither of happiness and let my ball go in the right direction. Why can't you just move my arms and just give me the sauce? Click your fingers, bless me, and give me the sauce and let me hit the ball so I can have a little bit of happiness. Anybody ever been there? You, you could do something in me, through me. Ain't that promise? Do it through me. I am dying out here. Do it through me. Get my arms, get my swing perfect. Click, 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 boom. And then let that thing land just so I could just be happy. Right? And he does one. Somehow that one's great. Next 20, terrible. And this keeps going for a year and a half, two years. Now I'm on two and a half years. With lessons, I might add. And them balls still go the wrong way. And the other day I was on the golf course and I had a ball just oop and a dupe. Okay, it just it wasn't even in the direction you wanted it to go. It didn't have the speed you and nothing about this shot was right. And I looked at that ball and I said, God, God. And I said, Lord, why? I put in the time. I put in the time. Lord, why? I've been faithful. I've been taking the lessons. I've been going to practice. I've been trying my best. If you're going to bless anybody, bless me indeed. I understand year one, but come on now. I look, I done showed out good money. I've been practicing. I did all the things you're supposed to do. You have something to work with now. Yes. Click it. It won't, it, won't look odd. it won't look odd. Click it on. It'll look real seamless. Just click it on. 
I'm frustrated. I'm agitated with my life. I'm frustrated with the lack of fruit that I can see based off of my efforts. And while my efforts may be minimum, they are a lot to me. And I just don't like the fact that I don't see much coming from all this thing that I am putting my whole self into, even though my whole self is a part of a self. I'm mad. And I said, all right, well, why can't you? And I remember specifically on this day, this last week. Last week, I was, I was walking toward my ball that went in the trees. I'm walking over there through the high grass and sticks. And I'm like, what I ever do to you? You ain't never been there, huh? Well, you look and go, what, what, did, what did I do to you? Like, I know in the past, but I ain't done nothing recently. You forgave me of that, right? But, so it's no fact, though, that's back there. Currently, I ain't even done nothing to you. I didn't, I, 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 what did I do to you that you would make me have to endure such frustrating pain? Y'all don't want to help me. What did I do that would make my body hurt the way it hurt? What did I do to make my money look the way it looked? My life look the way it looked? What did I ever do to you? Now, we all know the truth is a sin and fallen world, but that's not the place I was coming from. I'm saying in this moment, in this moment, what did I do? That you said this much pain is, is good for me. What did I do that made you say that this much suffering is, is good for me? I'm out here trying to do your will, you know. I'm out here playing this stupid golf game so I might keep my mind. And now I'm about to lose it. On this golf course. And I said, Lord, forgive me. I've done a lot. I've done a lot, but you know how I feel, God. Like, why, why can't you just cause me to be what I need to be? That the struggle of trying this could be done. That I might taste of the fruit of just getting it right. Anybody ever? Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. And he said, all right, Taliba. You, know, you can call me by my first name. He said, so what you want me to do? You want me to come in and take over your arms with my spirit and touch your mind that that swing and that follow through hits, bam, bam, just like that. I was like, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I want you to do. <laughs> I want to show up with a perfect swing and launch a perfect ball because a perfect God did it. <laughs> I'm going to give you all the glory. <laughs> I'm gonna be sure to lift your name up. <laughs> like a football player. <laughs> God did it. <laughs> he said, really? I was like, yeah. I, that's what I want. He said, so you just want me to just make you win? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> winning feels good. This is what he told me. Winning only feels good because you worked. 
Winning is not winning if it did not require some level of struggle, some level of pain, some level I have exceeded in my struggle over somebody else. I have outmaxed and done something difficult and really turned that thing into something good. Winning ain't winning if it is no force working against it. It ain't winning. It's just doing. And last time I checked, golf is a sport. It's a sport, which means there's some obstacle you have to overcome. Something that most people, by nature, cannot over. Y'all don't want to help me. It's a sport, which means that by nature, you have to overcome something that most people, by nature, cannot overcome. I see people out here on the golf course every day. They do no practice. They do no drills. They take no lessons. And they want to get mad when the ball go in the opposite direction. How, Sway? You think just because you play tennis that you're going to be able to hit a golf ball with perfect speed and direction? No, you cannot. A sport is a sport because the individual athletes have accomplished to do something that most people cannot do naturally. The work indicates that it's not luck. The work indicates that it's not a coincidence. That it wasn't just a happenstance. The work indicates that you did something that most people, when they try to hit that little ball that's a couple inches wide, with this little club they got a tiny dime sized spot that you got to hit it on and they swing it with all they might and they miss it and the whole club wrap around their body and they turn a full circle and they be looking at where the ball go it's right there in front of your foot you never even touched it when I saw you do it I felt like I could just do that I'm, I'm like I'm snipe the crap out of this ball oh it's right there <laughs> but I saw you do it and I was like bet bet easy done then you recognize so much of you is in the way so much of you is in the way to hit this ball so much of you is really in the way of hitting it right your, your shoulder in the way, your arm in the way, your stomach in the way, your legs in the way, your back in the way, your head in the way and your swing coach will be like now hit the ball <laughs> This is unnatural. Exactly. But this unnatural position is how you're going to launch that ball the furthest. And your training means that you have to teach my body to hit this unnatural position for great speed and great distance. And the more I can train my body to hit that position every single time is equivalent to how well my ball is going to do. So Lord said, so you just want me to just come in you and make you win. What do you say, make me win? <laughs> now, what you want to do is you want to experience a good shot. He said, and you've done that. But if I made all your shots good, and I made everybody's shots good, this is no longer a sport. Y'all don't want to help me today. Y'all don't want to help me today. Maybe you're right. Thank you for letting me express, experience greatness for a second. And then I've lost it and I'm back to, to training. Yeah. 
Square one. He said, my job is I create. Your job is to make. And at that point, light bulbs went off in my heart and mind. He said, I create. I made you in my image, but you don't create. You make. I give you something, and I say, no, what you going to make with that? I give you, so I said, oh, so I make, he said, you make, I make, I create, you make. So what, I'm going to give you some stuff. Let's see what you make. Let's see what shot you can make. Oh, you want to see what shot are you? Gonna, okay, so the coach said, hands here at two, foot this way, hips tilted here, and almost. That was close. Hold on, hold on, I can get it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ball here, hips here, head here, arm here. Okay, that's even closer. Woo-wee. All right, all right. And more and more and more, I'm getting excited about taking what he gave me that I might make something, make a shot happen, make a goal happen, make a win happen, make a victory happen. And I realized I start looking more and more like my creator, God and Father, because I was made in his image to make. I was created to make. We make love that we might be fruitful and multiply. We make food that we might eat and not be hungry. We make. We take what the Father has given us, and we make something amazing from it. We make. When he told me that, he said, your life is about taking what I give you and making something from it. I hit a ball, and I tried everything I had to use what the coach told me, you know, and I tried to hit that ball, and it, and it went oop and a doop, and it landed in the grass, and I was really mad, and I walk up there, and by the time I get to where my ball is on the other side of the cart path, which is a bad shot, because it's a cart path, you want to be on the other side, I'm on the wrong side of the doggone hole, and it's a cart path, when I get up to where my ball is, it's five yards from the flag, with an obstacle in between. And I'm like, wait a minute. At first, I despised what I did back here. Y'all don't want to help me. At first, I was so mad that when I tried my best, that thing said oop and a doop. And now I get up here angry, and I'm looking. I don't like how my ball landed. And then I look down. Then I look over. Then I look down. Then I look over. And I said, this is about five yards from the flag. All I got to do is get over this car path. All I got to do is get over this car path. All I got to do is get over. People that don't play golf, y'all have no You're like, what? So now I'm closer. And what does the Holy Spirit tell me next? Let me see what you can make. Let me see what you can make. I am no longer praying, God, please let me make this shot. I am no longer praying, God, please let this work. I'm no longer praying, God, please, please let this be right. Please let this be the thing that I do. Please let this work out for my benefit. Please, God, please, God, please, God. Now I'm saying, all right, you want to see what I, let me see what I can make. What did you give me? Let me see what I can do. Let me, let me try it. Let me see what I can do with this. And pop, pop, pop right over, lands on the green. Instantly, I feel like I'm winning. I'm like, I'm winning. 
I mean, I, I got a score of 120, but other than that, on that shot, I won. Is I create, you make. And it changed my game. I didn't get better. I enjoyed it more. The reason you don't enjoy life is because you don't know how it's to be lived. But if you understand how and why life is supposed to be lived, I promise you, dear human being created in the image of God, you will love it. You'll love it. You'll love it. Now every bad shot, Mama Jean, she's doing hit another one. Nah, I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it right where it is. Why? Wow, that's a tough shot. Mm, I just want to see if I can make something happen. That's hard. I just want to see if I can make it happen. But it's so late. You got to go to church in the morning. But I just want to see if I can make something happen. But you ain't got no money, but you still need to give to somebody. I just want to see if I can make something happen. But your back hurt. You need to call off. I want to see if I can make something happen. But you got to talk to these people and you're shy. I want to see if I can make something happen. Now all I'm doing is trying to figure out what you gave me. And if I might take A plus B plus C and make something glorious. Play it where it lies. What you gonna, I'm gonna play right where it is. If I don't get it this time, it's all right. But I had an opportunity to use what was given to me to make an attempt. And the truth about this process is the more I try, the more likely I am to make it. The more you try it, Eventually, the more you will make it. This, this is a blessing. This is the blessing of being fruitful. Because the curse is that you're not fruitful. The curse is that you can keep trying and nothing ever gets better. You could keep pressing and you don't ever go nowhere. You could keep failing and failing just keeps happening. You could keep crying and you never stop crying. You can keep hurting and you never stop hurting. The blessing is if you attempt to stop crying, if you attempt to stop hurting, if you attempt to stop, you just might start doing it. You just might stop crying. You just might stop hurting. You just might stop failing. That's the system that he also created. Because in all of creation, there will be seed, time, and harvest. He tells you in advance the seasons for sowing and reaping and fruit will always remain here for you. They'll be here for you. The issue is that you've been given some stuff. You don't think it's fair what you've been given. Let's look at the scriptures on that. If I recognize that I'm supposed to make something with what you gave me, I'm mad. Because it seems like you gave more people more than people more than what you I mean, I, let you, I ain't going I mean, to say nothing but God. You know, Pastor, she ain't preaching about this, but I was thinking this. It seemed that even though I got to do what make with what you gave me, it seemed like you just gave other people more stuff. More, more, more better, more, more something. They, they started off with, 
And I, you know, I, you know, you started me off in the projects. You started me off, you know, in a broken home. You started me off in abuse. I'm just saying, you know, you, you know, they, they came out. Oh, Ivy League, this private school, that, you know. And I just be feeling like, you know, you didn't really start me off with a. So now, I feel some. I, I, I know in my mind I shouldn't, but in my heart, I feel some sort of way. Can we look at that for a second? All right. <laughs> Go to Matthew chapter 25. <laughs> Being reformed through blessing. Matthew chapter 25. Amen. Amen. Being reformed through blessing. Jesus on his earthly days walking, is trying to explain to a bunch of people what the kingdom of God is like. Throughout scripture, Jesus talks about how the kingdom of God is here. It's at hand. It's within man. You and I as believers are sitting in the sanctuary because we believe that we are in the kingdom of God. Right? Now, if you tell me I'm in the kingdom and my shot goes awry, instantly I feel like, I can't be in the kingdom. Maybe not you, me. If you tell me I'm in the kingdom and I try something and it go oop and a doop, I'm not even in the kingdom. I don't even know where I am. Am I even saved? I'm not even in the kingdom. People is in the kingdom. I have no kingdom authority. I have no kingdom blessing. You ain't give me the keys to the kingdom apparently. And then he had the audacity to say the kingdom is both now and to come. What, what does that mean? What does that even mean? What, what, am I in it or not? Is it here? Is it coming? Where is it? Oh, you say you can't point to it? Oh, come on. Well, what is it about? It's about righteousness, peace, enjoying the whole. What does it? That's the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Are we speaking the same language? Just forget it. I'll just, I'll just wake up and go to work. Forget it. Forget it. I'm going to go to work. Let the pastor be in about the kingdom. I Just tell me what you want me to do. Just, you want my tithes here? Here, take the tithes. Does this count as kingdom work? I sure hope so. Because I really don't understand it. Y'all keep saying I'm in it, but am I? <laughs> am I in the kingdom? <laughs> so Jesus is giving a parable. To the multitude and the disciples about the kingdom of God. And he uses the parable of talents, which is coins, money. And it's cute because it seems like talents, gifts, and skills for us. But it says in verse 14 of chapter 25, he says, The kingdom of God, for it would be like a man going on a journey who called his service and entrusted to them his property. Now, I know you guys, some of you have heard the story a million times, but go with me. To one, he gave five talents. <clears throat> To another, he gave two, right? To each, 
uh, to another he gave one to each according to his ability can you underscore that please then he went away he who had received five talents went at once and traded with them and he made five more talents look at you in the kingdom so also he who had two talents made two more talents look at you in the kingdom multiplying being fruitful in everything being blessed but 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 he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money now after a long time the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them and he who had received five talents came forward bringing what five talents more look 10 look at that look at that look at look at how i did that i'm bossing out on life look at me living life to the fullest look at me look at me getting that bag what am i doing in that bag look at that 10 talents ain't you ain't you blessed and he says to the master master you delivered to me five talents here i have made five more look at you his master said to him well done good and faithful servant you have been faithful over a little but i will set you over much enter into the joy of your master that's beautiful this is beautiful 10 got five max him out he said you did good you was faithful come on and enter in this is this phrase enter in is that of a shepherd i'm gonna show you that in a second he says enter in come on all right you you, you need to be in here with me with my joy and he also who had the two talents came forward saying master you delivered to me two talents here i have made you two more talents Woo! living their best life his master said to him well done you good and faithful servant you have been faithful over little i will set you over much and man these people is blessed enter into the joy of your master oh i knew it thank you he also who had received the one talent came forward and said master no just stop i can't even I can't even everybody already know that one is less than two and it's definitely less than five and apparently you was giving out talents according to people's ability I'm already starting off like this is based off my ability how much you get what <laughs> what about you oh yeah that makes sense yeah 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 <laughs> how much you get who me don't worry about that you know my own business <laughs> asking people what they got in talents my own business so rude <laughs> sounds like our shirt don't worry about what the lord is doing in my life I'm already in a feeling and a mindset of rejection. I'm already feeling like I was overlooked. 
I'm already feeling like something did not add up. I'm already feeling like I got the short end of the stick. I got the leftovers. And apparently, you gave me one talent based off of my ability. But you two also gave me my ability. Can you just give me more abilities? <laughs> give me more abilities, then you can give me more talents. I now have to be looking, 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 looking like a fool, okay? I'm looking like a fool with one measly talent. Everybody know I'm now in the re class. How many she give you? Oh, one. Mm. You know, it's not about the talents. It's just let the Lord use you. <laughs> right? So the man who had one talent, he came forward and he said, Master, I know you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. Excuse me? See, this, this is an automatic. Come again? This is, a, this, this is not good. You're going to tell the man that came to settle accounts with the talent that he gave you that, in essence, this is what you're saying. I know you. No, you don't. No, I know you. And you are unfair because you want me to do something. And then you have the audacity not to give me the ability to do it. That's, that's the concern. You tell me to live holy, and then you don't give me the ability to live holy. You tell me to do right, then you don't give me the ability to do right. You tell me to go left, then you don't give me the ability to go left. You tell me to look, but then you don't give me eyes. You tell me to hear, but you don't give me ears. You tell me to walk, but my legs don't work. I know you to be very hard, unfair. You ask me to live sin free, but you don't give me the ability to resist temptation. Then you want to count it as a fault against me. I know you. I know you. You're reaping stuff that you ain't even sow. Getting stuff you ain't even scattered. You're always asking the people to do more than what they're able to do. Because you're always requiring more of us. One commentary, the Dodgers commentary says, then thou givest us power to perform. And so every obstinate sinner, in one kind or another, lay the blame of his own sins on God. You always want me to do something more than you gave me the power. You see, I can't do it. You see, I keep trying, and I can't do it. Because I keep failing at it. Why don't you just take the desire from me to even want to do it in the first? Maybe I don't even need to be a Christian. Maybe I don't need to be a Christian. Maybe I don't even want to be a Christian. How do I even know that I should have chose Christianity in the first place? Because the demands that you have on me as a believer, according to what pastor is preaching, is apparently some type of milestone and benchmarks that I cannot hit. And I'm tired of trying and failing. Now, the truth of the matter is it comes along. And the servant continues to say, I was afraid. He says, I was just afraid. 
because apparently I have limited ability and limited talents. And so there, there, what you, what belonged to you? There it is. I buried it. And at least I didn't make my situation worse. That's really what you're saying. You're hoping that you could enter into heaven with the plea that I didn't make my situation worse. That what you gave me, I can give that back to you. You gave me this level of, of, of willpower, I gave that back to you. You gave me this level of health, I gave that back to you. I didn't make it no worse. I didn't, I didn't tear it up. I didn't hate on nobody. I didn't speak against the Bible. I didn't speak against God. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I did not tear. I didn't do nothing worse. So there, there's the thing that you gave me. At least that much was safe. And plenty of Christians boldly go to judgment thinking that the plea that I didn't make it any worse is sufficient when the declaration was to be fruitful and the command for your whole being was to be fruitful and multiply the command for your entire humanity by God was that you did not return what was given to you but you took what was given and you made more and you made more and you made more so no you ain't coming in here you lazy little servant no you ain't coming in here you never knew me you never saw my love you never saw my generosity you never saw my kindness you saw me to be hard when I was never hard. You saw me to be unfair when I was never unfair. You saw me to be mean and unjust when I was never those things. When the eye is bad, everything you take in is bad. You never knew me. You never really saw me. The people that ventured out to take risks, it's because they saw me. The man with five said, you want me to do what? Multiply this five. Well, I know how you work. You ain't going to tell me to do something that you, you ain't going you ain't, to you ain't give me the power to do. Going back to my example on golf, Jewel and I laugh because she always says, Pastor, you would have been an excellent coach. Now, I've never played a sport, Daddy in my life. Never. Mar- Everybody said Martian Band was a sport. That, that, I do not count that as a sport. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ain't nobody chasing you. <laughs> I'm not getting in that debate with y'all, all you band geeks. I'm not getting into that. All right? But I never played a sport. But there are things that I can understand about athletes because of one reason. I understand what it means to be coached. See, the New Testament, Paul and the rest of the writers, they looked at life, and by the leading of the Spirit of God, they said, it's a sport. They said, it's a race. It's a wrestling match. It's a game. It, and you have to engage and compete. Well, how do you win? By being the fastest? No. By being the strongest? No. Well, how do you win? You win by enduring. What? You win by just doing it. If you could just do this thing called life, then you win. But you got to do life and you got to do it more abundantly. Y'all don't want to help me today. 
So, 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 so hear me out. What if your relationship with God and your life was less about him making you to do stuff and more like him coaching you in the sport that you were built for? You, he created you and then told you what you were here to do. See that, that, that muscle I gave you right there? Fruitful. You see, that, you, see that, you see that muscle? Multiply. Look at that, look at that. Subdue, that's what I gave you, that's what I gave And he shows you everything he gave you to do life. And he's a coach. He's a coach. The coach don't come play the game for you. That's illegal. The coach don't come and take over your body. Come on, come on, come here, athlete. Okay, now what you gonna do? We ready, you ready? Okay, I'm gonna hit it for you. Uh. Oh, you want me to take over your body and help you to win? That's not what a coach does, does it? A coach comes over here in training, and they say, now do this, do this, do this, do this. All right, now get out there and do it with all your might. No, do it the, the, the way I showed you. Oh, uh-huh, uh -huh. keep doing that. All right, okay, we lost. Come back, come back, come back, come back. All right, now this time we're going to do this, and then you got to do this, you're going 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 to do that. All right, get out there. Do it like I showed you. Do it like I showed you. Uh, uh. Uh, uh, that's what I'm talking about. All right, we want one. Come on, give me five. We want one. We want one. Come on, you're doing it. You're doing it. The coach don't play the game for you. The coach's words don't take over your mind and body. The coach trains, strategizes, and encourages. The coach trains strategizes and encourages ain't that what coaches do they train you they come up with strategies to win and then they encourage you to do all of those things baby you're in a sport and it's called life and you've got to make the shots all the shots that you could possibly make. It doesn't matter if it landed in the rough. It doesn't matter if it's in the trees. It doesn't matter if it was a broken home. It doesn't matter if it was an abusive relationship. It doesn't matter if it was in poverty. It don't matter if it's in paralyzation. It does not matter. You better take this thing called life and you better play that game. Play it. Stop asking God, well, can you make it work? Play it. Well, can you play this move for me? No, play it. Well, I don't want to do it. I'm scared. Play the doggone sport. You had a mama like me. That's how I went. I don't want to do it. You want to play that card. Okay. <laughs> Smack it. <laughs> Two of diamonds, Joker. <laughs> Good girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Play the game. <laughs> you want to quit? Yes. No, we ain't done yet. <laughs> I don't even like spades. <laughs> this what my mama knew. You do. Because I'm in you. You don't like losing. But you like spades. Come on. You, you do like life. You don't like loot. You come on. Come on. Put that suicide thought away. You do like life. You just don't like losing at life. You do like living. You just don't like losing at living. 
But come on, let the Lord train you. Come on, let him train you. Come on, let him train you. Come on, let him strategize. Come on, let him strategize. Come on, let him encourage. Come on and let him. It's the truth, baby. And if she ain't tolerate me through all that crying and wanting to quit, I never would have got good at spades. And then I never would enjoy playing it. And now I do both. I'm good at it. And I like it. I just don't play with y'all. <laughs> because the way I was trained is not Christian-like on how I would have to talk to you at the table. And I be the pastor. You can't be making your parishioners cry. Oh, dumb, you play those stupid cards. Look at you. Lies. Pick that up, dummy. You ain't got nothing. Weak. Weak as a mo. Look at that smack act. Run a Boston on them. Rack them up. Dummies. That's <laughs> the way you called me a dummy that time when we was playing space. Did you really mean it? Because sometimes I do feel dumb. Now I, now, now I broke the whole doggone soul. You broke it up. I do sometimes feel stupid. And you told me that one time I was stupid. That's why you don't see me at space tables. You've got to let the Lord coach you. Life is a sport. It's a competition. And you were built to play it. You were built to play it. You weren't some byproduct of evolution that just somehow showed up with no direction. He strategically built you for every game that you might have to play. For every obstacle in your life, he built you for it. For the broken home, he built you for it. For the abuse, he built you for it. For the drugs, he built you for it. For the lust, he built you for it. He built you for every obstacle you might have to encounter in this game called your life that you might succeed. And he got a plan to structure you, to train you, to strategize your methods and then to encourage you get back out there and try it again get back out there and try it again you're not enjoying yourself because you don't know the purpose of life well can you help it work can can you make it work for me this time if you don't make it work i don't know what i'm gonna do you're gonna make it work with what he gave you why because you're an athlete because you're an athlete. Because this is what I do, okay? No, some people live. No, I live for Christ. You don't understand. Oh, no, no, do you play? No, 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 I really play. Oh, do you live? No, no, I really live. Oh, do you play? No, I really. I'm a professional at living. I'm a professional at living. I'm a doggone professional at living. Give me a bad shot and let me make it what it do. Give me another bad shot and let me do what it do. Come on, give it to me. Give me the ball. Let me try something that my coach showed me. Let me try something that he showed me the other day. We were just talking about that last week. Let me try that. Let me. Oh, no, no, sorry. Let me try. Sit, 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 sit. Somebody's getting free from suicide today. 
Somebody's getting free from depression. Somebody's getting free from rejection. Somebody's getting free from anxiety. Somebody's getting free from fear and bondage. Somebody's getting free from lust and condemnation. Oh yeah, that's how the game works. That's how the game works. You ain't gotta be addicted to drugs. Why? Because I am a professional at doing this thing called life. Now that's gonna make up, that's gonna mess up my life. You don't understand. I, I need to I, I live, I do this. I do this, okay? I do this. But every time I look up, it's like you're surrounded by the enemy. Where? 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 I don't even see him. I don't even see him. I don't even see him. You were designed to be a professional at living. Christ said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. This is why he said, I'm a coach more than I am your, I don't know what you think I am, robot maker. I'm a coach. I coach you. So then now it makes sense why the kingdom of God can be righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Because in a sport, the sport is running. The sport is winning. And the sport is a journey with you and the coach. Y'all don't want to help me today. In every sport that you're going to be good at, you first got to do the sport. That's running. That's righteousness. That's golfing. That's swinging. That's swimming. That's dribbling and shooting. You have to first do that. And it's all right because that's what it is. Righteousness. So then I'm, I'm, I'm peace. What is it? Righteousness? Joy, right? Then I'm joy. You winning. No, no, you're going to win. No, you don't understand. This coach right here has never lost. In over 4,000 years, in countless matches against nations, powers, and principalities, he has never lost not one. Not only that, but every person he puts on his team has always become a professional lifer. You don't understand. They've always, he said, I know everyone you put in my hand, I've lost not one. Everybody you gave to my team, I've always lost not one. I kept them all. They always win. They always been winning. They all go pro. They always cross over. They always make it. Every single one, I never lose a game and I never lose a player. I never lose a game and I never lose a player. I could take the most uncoordinated one talent having something, something, something. I could take the most defeated, underestimated, overrated, broken, and I can make him a superstar. I've never had a case I couldn't win. That's why we cast our crowns. Who did it? My coach. You don't understand what my coach had to work with. Did, 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 did trophy go to you? Did it go to you, coach? Did, look, that you right there. Ah, ah, look at it. Ah, ah. Said I never lost. Now you're playing on a sport that you were built for. That you absolutely, based off of the chief coach here, cannot lose. No matter your condition. When you entered. Now, let's go back to this 
one talent having so-and-so. The truth of the matter is he never really saw God. He never really knew God. Because if you knew him the way the rest of us lifers know him, we say he's kind. He's gracious. He's forgiving. No, he ain't. He ain't. Mm -mm. You don't know him. You don't know him. Now, I just don't like he's so sometimes. He, no, he's not. Everything he does is for a purpose. But he be making me do stuff. I don't even see what this got to do with my training in life. Mm. But he do. You should just do it. You should wax on, Karate Kid. And you should wax off. I've seen it happen. It's records of it. Some mentuous situations here from some people that was less than perfect. I mean, he took the bottom and rose them to the top. I think you should listen. I think you should listen. I think you should listen. What I like to draw your attention to is how Satan deceives with our broken hearts. Now, the word of God tells us that the property owner gave talents to his servants based off of ability. Hello? Now, the one servant talent guy felt some sort of way because he was given the least. Now, this is true. The man with five talents, let's say he wagered three, lost all three. How many does he have left? Mm. Mm. Let's say the man with two talents said, I want to be careful. I'm a wager one. Try to get one to multiply, and that thing don't work. How many he got left? One. This means that whatever they had left, if they were trying to play it safe, they still maximized in one off of that one. Let me show you how Satan plays with the fact that you can't see God. He makes you feel like you got shortchanged when you really didn't get shortchanged. You looked at this one talent and you said, all I got is one. Excuse me? Now, I like to multiply things. And if I know you're not good at something, I'm going to give you multiple opportunities. Y'all don't want to help me today. If I know you're not good at something, if I know you have the propensity to fail, I'm going to give you multiple opportunities to do it right. But if I believe in you, if I trust the abilities I put in you, if I know that you're going to do it because I told you to do it, I'm going to give you one shot and I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to give you just a little and you're going to do the same thing with little that they did with a lot. Let me tell you something. Your beginning shows more about how God trusted your ability to win than it ever did your rejection. It shows more of the ability that God knows he put in you than it ever did the level of your rejection by him. He said, I know I can't put nobody else in this one talent situation but you. <laughs> I know I couldn't put nobody else in the crack house and get out, but you. I know I couldn't put nobody else in the cancer bed and get out, but you. I couldn't put nobody in that broken home and get out, but you. I couldn't put nobody in that abusive marriage, but you. I couldn't put nobody in that and get out, but you. 
The one talent says, no, baby. I know what I put in you. I recruited you for my team early because Satan didn't know what you really had because he can't see the inwards of your heart the way I made you. So he just looks at what you've been doing and looks at where you are and he says, oh, they're not going to make it. Oh, they're not going to do it. Oh, they're not. They don't have what it takes. Oh, they haven't been to the right church. Oh, they haven't been to the right situation. They weren't born in the right family. Didn't have the right money. Didn't have the right encouragement. Didn't have the right words. But come on to my team. Come on, enter into my rest. Come on, let me show you what you really got. Let me show you. Jewel saying something to me the other day. She said, Pastor, you got good what? Forward something? Upside. And none of us knew what that meant. But as a coach, she says, you take somebody that don't really play a game or a sport, and they do moderately well without but just the basic understanding. That means they have a lot of upside. That if you do this well with so little and, all, and we got so much that we could teach you, that there's so much I could teach you that means you're going to maximize so much greater. If I give you one and you multiply one, do you know what it takes for you to take one talent and by proportion get the same type of increase as the person with five talents? By proportion! Somebody's got good upside today. Come on, standing all over the house. <laughs>